fears of tripping on top. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! The tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. 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 What's going on, dude? Oh, you know, this and that. Another Saturday episode of the Hotbox. This is episode 51. Woo! Saturday, January 15th, 2011. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, every Tuesday, Saturday, hotboxpodcast.com slash live. We dissect the marijuana news. And then we talk about it for you. We tell you, media... You're a bunch of freaking liars. Let me tell you what, what's <laughs> Every up. Every single one of you. Bias reporting. And most of the politicians. Yeah. Gotta play the game. I hope everyone uh, found their way to Missoula and the, is having a lovely time at the fundraiser. I you hope you have no patient left behind fundraiser. That's right. I hope none of your patients got left behind. And I hope you all raise lots of money uh, for the cause. Yeah, unfortunately, we weren't able to make it. No. There's just too much. Too much going on. Too much going on, not enough money. Server bills due again. Times is tough. Hotboxpodcast.com slash donate. If you enjoy the show, mm-hmm. help us pay for it. It's expensive. Jesus. So, it's 15 days into the new year. Two weeks and one day. Right. Uh, we, we had high hopes. For 2011, this was going to be the year of change and good... High hopes. Goodness, high hopes, high hopes. Um, let's let's take a little visit to our friends over at Drug Sense, the mapping people. They do the drug war clock, always fun. Oh, and yes, we visited this before. Yeah, yeah, but it was like in the middle of the year. I like looking at it right now because the year, it's a new year. Everything's been reset. We're starting fresh. We're not going to arrest people for growing plants anymore. Clean slates. Clean slates. We've evolved past this. Uh, no, we haven't. Do you know how many people so far have been arrested for drug law offenses this year? How many? Uh, 72,198. Oh, see, and I just updated it. It's 72,205 now. Goodness gracious. How about cannabis offenses? Just... Cannabis in our state. Some of you may be able to possess it legally. Some of you, perhaps not. Other states, none of you can possess it legally. <laughs> kind of a, an odd uh, mm, double standard, I guess. Uh, yeah. I, I I would say double standard for what the federal government's doing by having you know a federal law that states that it's illegal, but then having federal patients that you know can can get it. Yeah, but they don't always make sense. No, they don't. So, 37,256. Oh. Just for cannabis. Just in the last 15 days. 15 days. 37,000. There's a lot of fathers, a lot of mothers, perhaps, a lot of productive members of society. That and are children. Now, yeah. Kids yeah, who yeah. were just, you know, experimenting, maybe. Didn't mean to, you know, get in trouble. Now they're a statistic. Let's talk cash spent federally so far on the war of, on drugs. 
that has been a complete massive failure. I hope... Are you sitting down? We're sitting down. Are you all sitting down? This boggles my mind. Big bucks, no whammies. Big bucks, no whammies. Stop. 654 million? Is that million? That is a comma. 32, 33,000, 34,000... Jesus oh, see, I'm at 90,000, 91. Oh, goodness. Oh, what man. are we doing? It just keeps going. Where's that money? Are you guys just printing money as you need it? Because they're well, burning it, is what they're doing. Yeah, you're. What a waste. What a waste. I know. Look at this. Such a waste. Unbelievable. What it, What are we accomplishing with all of that money? I bet if you gave us a tiny fraction of that money, we would get so much more good done. Than you've ever done. Give people jobs. You're not doing good. Take care of some, least. you know, buildings that are just sitting around not doing anything. So uh, I'll put the link to that in the in the live chat, and of course we'll uh, get around to putting it on the site one day. Yeah, that's just insanity. It drives me nuts that the government just sits there and they throw all that money away. That's so much money. So much money. That's a lot of money. That's more money than I will probably I could ever live see in my lifetime. The rest of my life quite comfortably. And that's like every year. That's this year so far, yeah, right? 15 days into the year. Oh my god. We've what got another I... 11 and a half months of this madness. Of this madness. Come on. Those numbers are just going to keep going up. No good. I know. So let's talk about something good. I got an email uh, the other day from a gentleman whose name is Matt, and he does uh, a show called Cannabis Agenda. And he wrote to inform me that there is a new podcast directory on the internets that is just dedicated to marijuana podcasts, uh, your cannabis podcasts, weed talk shows, what have you. Shows like us. Us and the normal show and uh, the former show formerly known as Marijuana Radio. Yeah. Um, and Cannabis Agenda is on there. I checked out their show and it's it's I like it. I like how they present everything. It's, it's, it's cool. And it sounds good. The audio is tolerable, very tolerable. I hate when I listen to new podcasts and the audio is just awful like i can't take the time to like make your show sound good or do they just... talk about marijuana they talk about oh uh, actually honestly it's a lot like what we do they take okay. apart the news stories and talk about what they you know their takes on them and so stuff it's not like, like a show where you have a person come on and you sit there and talk about like rude offensive stuff for an hour no 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 it's it's actually yourself as a marijuana show it's very informative and it was kind of oh. cool listening to what we were talking about with that uh, Lofner case, the guy in uh, Arizona that sh- uh, did the shooting. Yeah. And then listening to what they had to say about it. it, it it's kind of cool to see like what people in other parts of the country think about the same thing. And Where is I, that show out of? <clears throat> uh, I want to say California, but I'm not. Don't quote me on that. I'm not. I'm not for sure. It wouldn't surprise me. But it, yeah, it's cool, and that that happens a lot with the jam hole. That listeners of like different podcasts will hear the same news story, but it it doesn't make them pissed because they enjoy hearing the different hosts' take on it. Everybody and, sees it differently. Yeah, exactly, and it's cool to get that broad spectrum of coverage. So, 
yeah, so there's they made a site called marijuanapodcast.com, and he just emailed me to let us know that we were on there. And it's kind of cool. It, it gives you a nice rundown uh, of every show that's on there. And what's cool about it, it's not like Podcast Alley where any show can just submit there and there's like, you know, 50,000 shows, but only maybe 1,000 of them are still active and half of that number are, you know, actually decent to listen to. Mm -hmm. Like, these are humans that are listening to these shows and saying, your show sucks, so you're not getting on here, but this show is good. So all the shows on there are, you know, I guess by their standards, good and I, I listen yeah. to a few of them. There, there's some decent stuff there. So, well, and I check also like the fact that they update the site every time a new show is well, added. Well, it's all automatic. So, yeah, it, it's a feed that runs well, from yeah. everyone's feed, I, and it's kind of. I know that. I was just trying to dumb it down oh. for people like me. <laughs> it's magic. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I just like the fact that you can go onto the site and you automatically see the newest shows right. first of so, of everybody's of everybody show. Everybody who's yeah. listed on there. So. Marijuanapodcast.com and we'll see what we can do. Maybe we'll uh, get get him on the show and talk about what it what they do and what we do and and how we like how we to can do it. do it better. Yeah, do it better. So, um, speaking of what we do, what do we do? In we educate. That's right. And in Arizona, some of their laws are actually creating new industries. Really? Yes. Huh. And so now, are they, is Arizona seeing that as a bad thing? Are they scared of that? Well, I don't, I don't think so. I would hope not. Let's hope but not. But then right? again, new you industry know. leads to growth, which leads to right. prosperity, which leads to everyone taking less Prozac. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> we would hope. Um, Gus Escamilla is a pioneer in an industry that is just taking root in Arizona. Escamilla, a founder and CEO of Greenway University in Denver, plans to offer Arizona entrepreneurs an education in the fledgling business of medical marijuana dispensaries. His team, he said, helped open more than 225 dispensaries in, Cal in California, Colorado, and the Western United States. So basically, he educates you on your business and everything you need to know about it for your state. Right. Which I think is necessary. Because each state has their own laws. So depending right. on where you're going to set up business, you need to, you know, abide by those those laws. Right. And I mean, on one hand, I'm I feel that if you're getting ready to do this, you should already know, you know. Right. You shouldn't really be getting into this because you have dollar signs in your eyes. Right. You, and and then figure out how to do it. Like you should do it because you enjoy doing it you want to help people and sure you can maybe make a little cash right but i mean still having this is extremely beneficial for some people because Absolutely. you no matter how prepared you are you don't always cover all of your bases so having someone like this helps ensure you're covering all of your bases um the demographic that we recognized, it's not the 21 to 28-year-olds, he said, of future pot business owners. It's the 35 to 65-year-olds, the displaced professionals, the people that want to get into this industry in total and complete compliance with the state laws or jurisdiction that they live in. Right. It's the people that got laid off and lost their jobs when all of uh, the economy collapsed 
if you will. Right. And most of these people have already been doing something like this for years. It right. was just underground. Right. Some people learned a lot of uh, a lot of growing in well, the the time that it was illegal. Like people were, you know, still doing it. Obviously, there well, was and no breaking. Believer that when you have to learn to do things in a really shitty situation, when you're giving the best possible situation, then you flourish beyond oh, absolutely. anything. You know, absolutely. So these people had to learn to deal with a lot of these really bad situations, right. and now they're. They're wanting to get into this business. Because they have a chance to right. do it legally and not have to confine it to, you know, a closet space or anything like that. Like, you can take full advantage of your garage or your shop or your barn or, you know, whatever. And, well, and you don't have to hide behind any wall, you know? Right. And a lot of these people already have business experience right. that they can draw from. This is just a different kind of industry, I'm sure, yeah. than what they've done before. But you can easily, you know, adapt to whatever it is that, you, you know, whatever the environment may be, depending on what state you live in, what laws you have to abide by. Right. In some, I, there was, uh, I don't mean to get off topic of this story, but there was another just headline I saw that uh, I forget which state it was, but to get up and running from, f- and this was just permits and licensing, it was something like $20,000 to be able to open a dispensary. I want to say well, Rhode yeah. Island. I don't think it was, it, it wasn't Rhode Island. Well, I forget every where, but. state has, you know, they're starting just, to try to implement those kinds of things. Right, but this was, this seemed on... I don't know. That seemed a lot. That seemed like a lot of money to sell some yeah. pot. You know, like well, how much? To make it difficult. How much did your did your pharmacy have to pay in permits and taxes when right. it opened up? Not you know, that and I much. granted they're selling a wide array of medication, whereas we're you know we can treat a lot of symptoms, but we're just selling one one medicine basically. Right. I but, mean, it's many different strains, but it's But they one take thing. everything else into account, the federal right. aspect and all of that, and they're able to pretty much do whatever they want to. Yeah. Because if we want to sell it, we're going to have to jump through any hoop they put in front of us. Oh, Justin Fan says it was a city in California. They made ordinances creating suck outrageous fees that no one would do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's messed up. That's well, totally and that's what up. they're going to do. And all that does then, in essence, by, by creating these high fees, you're further spreading the underground market. Because why why do that and get, you know, butt raped, basically, uh, when you can easily just continue selling it underground and make all of that money profit? And then, you know what? I'm not giving any of it to the city. Right. I we mean, don't want to do it that way, but that's what these... These situations are creating. You're going to have that handful of people that say, I can do it out of my house and do it just fine and nobody's going to know and I don't have to pay all your fees. Right. Right. And again, you have people doing that with pills and everything like that. And any, any, anything, any any vice that people can get messed up on or whatever. Yeah. That's just... Well, that's I mean, people. There's underground poker games all the exactly. time. Exactly. I mean, that's people. That's yeah, that's just human nature. In a society, you have to deal with immediate gratification. I don't think I feel good now. Right. I don't think it's very good to just be tossing those people in jail just for doing something that you know human nature kind of pushes you into doing. For some, I mean, not for everyone, but right. You know. 
I know. It, it seems kind of counterproductive to then take those people who are maybe just getting, you know, high on the weekends or whatever and being completely productive at work and taking them from that position into a position where we're paying for them right. just to live. But see, that's the, totally counterproductive. Yeah. Well, we live in a counterproductive society, unfortunately. True that. Um, so later this month, the university whose curriculum is provisionally approved by the division of the Colorado Department of Higher Education plans a two day seminar in Scottsdale. For $295, students can learn about the politics and legal issues linked to marijuana, as well as how to grow the herb and put it in a snack form called edibles. Hmm. So this is a lot like Oaksterdam. It's just not centralized to just California. And do you think that's good then? That places like this pop up and they have classes so that the growers know what they're doing? Well, everybody's been referring to Oaksterdam because that was the only educational place you could turn to. And Ed Ed Bland in the chat said that they... uh, Where'd it go? (laughs) Oh. Uh, that there is a lot of people that can't grow it for themselves. Right. And that they need people, educated growers, to help them do that. Right. And so, I mean, if it were possible for me to actually go I'm sorry, go I through, totally blanked on that. I was uh-huh. like, where did it go? Stoner moment. Uh, crashing under pressure. If it were up to me, I mean, if I could, I would totally take classes, even though I know yeah. what I know. Yeah. Because I like You can know, always know more. There's yeah. so much to learn about this. Or a different way. Like, I mean, I might know how to get from point A to point B this way, but if you're going to teach me that way, great. Now I know another way. Super cool. Right. The more, the, the more greater variety that growers have in their, you know, mm-hmm. arsenal of, of tools and tricks to grow, the better. Right. And it would be cool if something like this could happen in Montana. Yeah, it'd be I way would just cool. want to make sure it's something accredited. Of course. Well, I mean, not if like, you're going to take the time really to do that. Accredited, but I guess well, as much as it could legitimate. be legitimate. Right. If you're going to take the time to do the classes, it would be good to have some sort of certification or something to show. Well, for yeah, it. I don't want it to be some scammy, scuzzy thing. But again, then you don't want to get to the, get it to the point where you know only a handful of people can do it because it's so freaking expensive. Mm-hmm. Like there, there's a trade-off there. You want to you want to be able to help as many people as you can, but still, you know, yeah. I don't know. Seems like that would be fun, though. There's a lot of people that are genuinely interested in you know the botany side of it or the scientific well, side of it. Well, I know my husband; he's really interested in the whole growing and the plant and that whole right. side of it. And I'm more of the end product, like how, how it helps it, the endocannabinoid yeah, system and all that, that, that right, all that, right. all that stuff. So, I mean, both of us put together, you kind well, of there's all two the classes right you there. Need. You yeah. know, you could. There's so many different aspects of this. You could do a whole part on you know industry and like how to make it into paper and ropes and you know fabric textiles, whatever. Right. There's but a lot of stuff you can do with it. You've been in a room with me and a group of other caregivers before, and mm-hmm. you've heard how long-winded the conversations can get just bringing up small points about growing yeah, for or sure. curing. It's or, like a class right there in I its know, because <laughs> we all have different views and we all have different methods. And so, you know... It'd be good to have a way to scientifically go through all of those and, like, figure out what are the best ones and then use that as your curriculum 
to present to your Well, class. and when I have patients come to me with questions, I try to help them as much as I can, but I also point them in other directions so they can find other information right, or right. ask this person a, a question and maybe get a different version of the answer. Yeah. You know, that, different perspective that helps them is good. a little bit better. So, um, any hoodle, those who excel can become bud tenders, mm-hmm. helping patients match the best strains of marijuana for their ailments. Which, again, is where a nice database of all right. of everyone's studies into one collective area would, would come in would quite handy. Would be very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Escamila is not alone in seeking the opportunity. Phoenix chiropractor Bruce Bedrick, for example, already is marketing a dispensing system. Of course he is. Once regulations are in place, many entrepreneurs are likely to want to get in on the beginning of what some believe is sure to be a high-growth industry. <laughs> nah, bah, bah, bah. Bah. High growth? Oh. High growth. <laughs> Every chance we get, I'm telling you Every, what. They're there. Those puns are Paid everywhere. per pun, I'm telling you. <laughs> In November, Arizona voters passed Proposition 203, Hello. which will allow qualifying patients with certain debilitating medical conditions to receive up to two and a half ounces of marijuana every two weeks from dispensaries or cultivate up to 12 marijuana plants if they live 25 miles or further from a dispensary. Well, that's kind of an interesting way to do it. I don't, I don't see why you would limit the people that can grow it. I would just say... If you want to grow it yourself, the more power to you, then do it. I wouldn't say you can only grow it yourself if you live further away from a dispensary. Like, that's kind of... I don't know why you'd put it a cap on that. It is their way of controlling Right, everything. right. I understand that. That Again, though, by, by putting these... I, I hate when they do that. They put these location limits on where you can be and how how far away from certain things you can be. And all that does is pushes all of them into one area, and then people see that and they're like, oh my god, look at all these dispensaries popping up, which in turn gives it a negative view in the eye of the public, which right. makes community groups like Safe Community, Safe Kids pop up with all of their lies and uneducated BS, and then they just... Wanted to well, throw everything at, out the door. Look at what happened here. Kalispell has a moratorium, right? Exactly. And now I hear people complaining about how Evergreen is being exactly. overrun with dispensaries. I hear Evergreen that so is much. right outside of Kalispell. That was the next place they had to go. Exactly. You pushed them out of Kalispell. That was you your took fault. away a huge <laughs> chunk of area they could have been in and put and them now, in one small now, spot. Some people have to waste more money in gas just to get down to those places because you can't just go to, you know, in right. town. And that That's also means that more way of people are it. having to grow. Are there moratoriums on bars that can be in town? <laughs> are in pharmacies that can be oh, in town? No, no of those course aren't not. dangerous. Because not that would be silly. Illegal. Because that would be silly. Oh, I can't open up my bar here where people are? Do you know how well, ridiculous that sounds? That's in, how it sounds when you do that with weed. In Montana, it's almost impossible to open a bar anyways. Well, right. And, be, and when you do find one, it costs you $500,000 just to mm-hmm. buy it. If they could That's just fun. Fi- figure out zoning, the way they have it with right. bars, then great, we'll abide by your zoning regulations. We're not going to put in right next to a school or in the middle of a right. residential area. Don't just say, though, that... 
this whole town is off limits. That's recalculus. Well, and at least they're not, Kalispell's not Whitefish, where it says this right. whole town's off limits plus two miles outside Out, right. of the town. Yeah, that was even. Because f- we have imaginary jurisdiction. Uh huh. That was even more silly. Yeah. Whitefish. <laughs> what are you doing? So, the Arizona. Do you know how many people, hold on, do you know how many people smoke pot and Whitefish? Everybody. 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 Everybody in Whitefish smokes pot. Fact. And everybody pays a resort <laughs> I mean, tax in Whitefish, too. Also fact. Yeah. Uh, the Arizona Department of Health Services is reviewing more than 1,000 comments on proposed medical marijuana rules. A new draft is expected at the end of the month, followed by a second comment period. Final rules aren't expected until March. Escamilla described those who attended his classes as flat-out entrepreneurs who sees an industry as more than cultivating and selling marijuana. For example, insurance brokers who sell medical marijuana insurance, real estate agents who lease or sell space, and security people who provide security for dispensaries have attended the program, he said. Yeah, there's a whole... When you start something like this, it's not just growing pot. Like, there's... Everybody benefits. The electrical company that's selling the watts to power the lights, they're increasing sales, security, garden shops. There's so much, so much. I know. And they don't take into account the, how much money gets spent at all of those places no. at all. Um, And the gas driving between all of them, too. Yeah, for sure, huh? <laughs> <laughs> we need electric cars. Right. Well, I want one of those new Ford Focus electrics I keep hearing about. <laughs> Quote, be great. There's a lot of people outside interest. There's a lot of outside interest just from those who are more entrepreneurial. As Scamilia said, there's a lot of people that kind of see it as a savior from a business percep- perspective. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We were all going bankrupt. Thank goodness. Right. There are similarities between starting a pot dispensary and launching other entrepreneurial effort. That word is in this article mm. so many times. Mm-hmm. Effort said Jerry Keim, a professor of entrepreneurship at the W.P. Carey School of Business of Arizona State University. There are the standard forms of risk in terms of learning how to cater to the customer, measuring the competition and building relationships with suppliers, he said. But this is one where you have uncertainty about the future of the rules of the game, he said. They will be emerging. While the market has been legitimized, the business could be impacted significantly in the future, Kime said, likening the industry to what he saw when he worked in the Czech Republic after the fall of the Berlin Wall. Hmm. Neat comparison. That's the first time I've heard that one. They were trying to move to a market economy and lots of people were coming over, including lots of young Americans. But you knew the rules of the game were in their infancy and they were going to change, he said. You've got to be a risk taker. You've got to be careful about what sort of investments you make because they could have their value, their value reduce, reduced significantly. So I think a lot of people don't think about that when they're starting in the business. And I know yeah. I've been... I've been bitten in the ass yep. by it. And I know a lot of people who've been screwed. 
Yep. You you can't just run into it and think things are like this. You can't and- go into it with the mindset that I'm just going to buy pot cheap and sell it expensive and you're going to be successful doing that. Right. <laughs> but like you're saying, opening up your own, you know, a grow shop with, you know, everything that you're doing, it does cost a lot mm-hmm. of money to start out. It up. does. Investors are your best friends. They are. If you can find a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's not going to F you in the A. Right. Someone that you can talk to and hang out with and that will let you do what you need to do and won't be all like over you. Also helpful if you can find a landlord that will do the same. True story. Also. Yay. So. (laughs) All right. Well, do you want to. Did you see this story Burger sent in about this lady? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. This is from the sun. So take it for whatever that's worth to you, Mm -hmm. if, if anything. But. It is kind of interesting. Um, this lady's 120 years old, I guess. Uh, but her joints, ha ha ha, are okay. She's lived to be 120 by smoking cannabis every day. I believe it. She listened to that Nate Dogg song, that Snoop song. And she's like, smoke you know what? I'm going to smoke weed every day. I'm 120 now. That's amazing. That's a lot of weed. Uh, she is believed to be the world's oldest woman. Uh, she puffs ganja cigarettes or cigars and drinks strong palm wine in her cow dung hut in India. You, if I lived in a cow, okay, if I lived in a cow dung hut in India, I would pray that I wouldn't live to be past like thirty. I didn't think many people lived past 30 in cow dung huts, but... Uh, I know, right? Know, if you hey. smoke weed every day, you just may. She lives with her 92-year-old daughter and her 72-year-old grandson by the Indian wow. Ocean, which further affirms my opinion uh, in on my GoMizo account when I watched the movie Restrepo. I said, why is everyone in the Middle East old? They're so old over there. Why is every... I mean, is it because it's desert and you're out in the sun and the sun just ages you like a dog? Like, seven years. for. I don't... Everyone's old they there. They don't have fast food restaurants on every corner and they don't ride in cars everywhere that they go and they're on their feet all the time and they're eating a lot of raw food. And they're not having any sex at all. That's why there's no kids there. True. Or all the kids die. They get eaten by flies there. True story. They work way too much. There's right. no time. No time. And the only comment here that it says, those who oppose medicinal cannabis should really be ashamed of themselves. There were several scientific studies published just recently that confirmed cannabis effectiveness in such diverse conditions as chronic pain, muscle spasms, malnutrition, uh, etc. Glaucoma. Every chance we get to mm-hmm. throw that out there, we will take. Thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Cannabis is also being shown by the most current addiction medicine research as a potential exit substance for former alcoholics, hard drug, or even prescription drug abusers to help them stay off those substances. True. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. So. Uh, let's talk about Hawaii. I would love to go there sometime. Me too. I need to get over a fear of flying first. (laughs) This, how do you get high with a fear of flying? 
Hold I, on, that made more sense in my head. How? <laughs> so we've we've talked about this before, uh, where people are worried that okay, with all of these medical marijuana patients, everyone's coming to work high, and there's going to be chaos. So what we're going to do to help curb that chaos is drug test everyone. And if you have pot in your system, you're not getting a job here. If you have pot in your system, you're getting fired. Something like that. <coughs> well, that would just be stupid because nobody would work. Right. Exactly. Okay. Which would help further fuel the collapse of our society. I know at my pa- place of employment during the day, if they were to fire everyone with marijuana in their system... Nobody would get... There would be two employees. Right. And they would hate themselves and yes. life. And probably turn to... And you're uh, probably pretty close to the same Drug way. use. Yep. Yep. Definitely. About two employees. Yeah. So, but in Honolulu here in Hawaii, it says uh, more Hawaii workers who take drug tests are testing positive for marijuana. That's according to Diagnostic Laboratory Services, Inc., which found that 3.5% of the workers tested during the last three months of 2010 had used marijuana, up from 2.7% a year ago. So it went up, what, 1.3%, 1.4%, whatever. The Honolulu Star Advertiser reported Friday the increase represents a 30% increase over a quarterly sample size that typically has a sample size of between 7,000 and 10,000 tests. Which means everyone in Hawaii hanging loose, huh? Puff and tough. And that's awesome. Hey. What happens if every single person in your state uh, tests positive for marijuana? Then what are you going to do? I think you immediately decriminalize right. and work towards legalization. And <laughs> apologize that you were such a pig-headed dick for so long. Yes, that too. Uh, DLS Scientific Director for Toxicology, Carl Linden, said, The number of positive tests is among the highest in the last 8 to 10 years. He says the number of marijuana users is likely much higher in reality because many job seekers abstain from drugs if they know, they'll be tested. True that. Mm. Or we'll just say, you know what? You don't deserve me. I'm better than that. And I'm not going to be treated like a second-class citizen, and I'm not going to go take a leak in a cup so I can have a job at your place. I'm not going to pee in a cup so I can do work for you. Screw How's that you sound? you guys. I'm going home. Exactly. You're not going to make me pee in a cup so I can work for you. For a ridiculous wage. I'm sorry. That's just not... That's I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. So. This is appalling to me I would like to talk about. You heard about Michigan, right? They have medical marijuana there. Sort of. They have a medical marijuana complex there. Uh-huh. Apparently, the... Uh, the sheriff's deputies raided it. Oh. This is your medical marijuana complex, right? Medical marijuana, and you raided it. So, uh, on Wednesday, authorities in Michigan (laughs) said raided. That's crossed out. Now it says robbed. (laughs) Robbed. You robbed a medical marijuana complex in full SWAT style in Oak Park. Black gear, head to toe. Why helmets, do... Helmets, visors. Right. 
Now, why do I say robbed? Cops don't rob people, right? Well, let's look at the facts. <laughs> Sheriff's deputies raided a building which housed Michigan Medical Marijuana Magazine, a compassion club, and a hydro shop. Hmm. No one was arrested during this raid, but police confiscated some $20,000 in cash from the business. Like everything? As well as from the wallets of the employees what? and... The patients. What? What? Right? That's like straight up armed robbery. Exactly. Under state drug forfeiture laws, the sheriff gets about 80% of the money seized and the remainder goes to the Oakland County Prosecutor's Office. Oh, seriously? Uh, <laughs> this is from the, uh, the 420 Times. He says, oh, seriously? How is this not a plain and simple robbery? Exactly. How? Well, yeah. Just because they had badges gives them the right to rob people who have not even been accused of breaking a law. The outrageousness of this knows no bounds. To bust in somewhere with bulletproof vests on and take money from the wallet of someone who has done nothing illegal at gunpoint is theft, larceny, robbery, whatever word you want to use. <laughs> the cops in Michigan are completely out of control. Instead of busting real criminals, they're busy robbing legal, legal medical marijuana patients. Sick people who are buying medicine legally under state law have money taken from their wallets by officers of the law. Absolutely pathetic. These people should feel ashamed of their professions as peace officers. They are criminals no better than a common gang thug. Absolutely. That's sad. That's completely messed up. That makes me angry. I mean, I know things are tough there right now, but not that tough. The SWAT teams are robbing now what? To help fund the donuts? This The last comment on this page is kind of interesting. It says, if Michigan ratified its constitution and allows medical marijuana and the police are still raiding, then as an American, you have a duty to defend yourself and your property against illegal actions open fire, and make citizens arrest against the police. In theory, good Beautiful idea. Beautiful in theory. In practice, you're probably nah, going to get gonna killed. Be, yeah, that's suicide Maybe. by cop there, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> basically. So, But just, it's, it's just 15 days into 2011, and look at what you're doing. You've robbed sick people. You just stole from sick people. That's not Robin Hood would not have been very happy about this. You kind of did the opposite of what you're supposed to be doing. Uh-huh. We actually pay you to protect and serve all people, uh not to You kind of did the uh, uh, the the opposite of what we pay you to do. And that is that is unacceptable. Pretty much. Unacceptable behavior. Thank totally you. Totally unacceptable. So, so, all right, we've kind of talked before a little bit about Colorado's laws and how extensive they are, right? right? I mean, they're like a book, okay? So, apparently, Colorado laws are going to be even more extensive. Oh, could they please? Yeah. Could they possibly be? So, medical marijuana laws in Colorado are more extensive than in any other state, and state lawmakers aren't done yet. 
the Colorado legislator will again consider mm. medical marijuana rules a year after scripting the most exhaustive mm. directions for medical marijuana sales in any of the 15 states that allow medical marijuana. One Colorado bill would change the rules adopted last year. House Bill 1043 would extend a moratorium on state licenses for pot shops by a year until 2012 and clarify which doctors can recommend medical pot. Really? Do you think maybe they're just hoping that in 2012 everything goes like is destroyed and they won't have to do right, it? Right, right, probably. Or that they'll just fully legalize it before that happens and then... Then they still don't have to deal with it. Right. Right. But that's that's getting kind of out of hand, don't you think? Like, you, you're going to specify which doctors can recommend, which ones can't. You're going to extend a moratorium on state licenses. Oh, and that's only What's that's the, only point the of that? second paragraph. Yeah, There's exactly, right? More. Please. Um, <laughs> other changes in that bill include new rules for people who work at pot shops. Colorado lawmakers wanted to prevent out-of-state marijuana entrepreneurs, so they required marijuana shop employees to have lived in Colorado for two years. The revision would limit the residency requirement to owners, not all employees. The bill also softens the lifetime ban on medical marijuana shop owners with a felony drug conviction. Instead, people with drug felonies would be banned from getting a state license for five years. That's kind of stupid, especially if that felony drug, whatever, that's on your record is there because of pot. Right. Like, that would be, that would really be no good. Mm-hmm. Um... Dispensary owner Norton Arbelez, the head of... <laughs> Arbelez? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> the head of Colorado's medical marijuana industry group said the bill is intended to clean up confusing parts of the law passed last year. We're closing the gaps that the legislator left open, said Arbelez, who owns River Rock Wellness in Denver and served on a state work group that met over several months last year to refine the pot rules. Those rules, which would govern how medical marijuana is raised and sold, could be approved by the Department of Revenue in coming months. I find it odd that the Department of Revenue is approving how to govern how marijuana is raised and sold. Right. The sold part, maybe, but raised? Representative Tom Massey, a Pontius Springs Republican who sponsored the marijuana bills last year, proposed this one, too. He says he hopes lawmakers approve it quickly without the drawn-out debates over pot that embroiled lawmakers a year ago. We want to try to get it taken care of as soon as possible, Massey said. A Democrat sponsoring the Senate version, Denver Senator Pat Stedman, also was also optimistic this year's pot questions won't turn divisive. It really just does some fine-tuning of the marijuana rules, Stedman said. Pot activists say legislators may not get off so easily, though. New ideas are likely to come before lawmakers, including one of the nation's first standards for driving safely as a medical marijuana patient. Law enforcement and patients both say Colorado needs impairment standards to decide when medical marijuana users can drive, as does every other state here. They have never defined that at all. That's a shame. 
So, I mean, you know, a lot of people Because you're going to go around get in trouble. and you're going to test people and we're going to have pot in our system from even a month ago and you're going to say, oh my God, there's pot in your system, you're going to jail because you're impaired. Mm-hmm. Having pot in your system is completely different from being impaired. Mm-hmm. Some people can have lots of pot in their system, me, her, everyone I know, uh, and still drive just fine, still do their job, still do uh, function as a normal human being. Right. I can take 10 bong hits and do whatever I want because it doesn't impair me like that. But some people can't. And it's up to the people in the individual to know whether you're a person that can or a person that can't. Right. And you should know yourself. It's not up to the government to dictate who can do that and who can't. That's ridiculous. There's how many people on this planet? No. That's... You cannot. Um... Yeah, everybody should just use common sense. <laughs> um, Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, right. Pot activists say legislators may... Uh, we need to have a level that everybody is aware of so people will know whether they're driving legally or illegally. If it is legal to use marijuana, when can you drive and when can you not drive, said Representative Claire Levy, a Boulder Democrat. Whenever we want. Currently, no state has an impairment standard for marijuana. And Alan St. Pierre, executive director of the Washington-based National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, or NORML, Mm -hmm. St. Pierre said New Mexico lawmakers are also considering new marijuana impairment standards. St. Pierre said that where marijuana... Where medical marijuana is legal, patients and cops need to know how one can legally use it and still drive. There should be some sort of standard that comports with what we have with alcohol, he said. Albelez says he'd also like to see lawmakers encourage scientific research on marijuana's medicinal value. No hey, such bill hasn't been introduced so, so far. So would we. Yeah. How about you go ahead and just reschedule it because Schedule 1 is complete complete and utter BS. It is not a Schedule 1 substance, and you know that. You know that. Yeah. You fucking know that. It's well. not Schedule 1. You know that. Look at the list. One of these objects doesn't belong, and you know that. We have to do that first before anything productive can happen. That has to happen first. Has to. Has to. Has to. Has to. So, let's talk about Massachusetts. Um, You like that word. I love that. (laughs) I'm going to move there just because of that. So, the Massachusetts voters decriminalized possession of small amounts of marijuana back in 08. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A referendum. Uh, there was much rejoicing, of course. But, in an article by The Globe, Maria Kramer this week, Boston Police Commissioner Edward F. Davis contended that decriminalization may have contributed to a surge of violent crime in the city as drug dealers fight among themselves to serve growing demand. Really? That was because because there's like a buttload of other places that have done that, and I'm pretty sure their crime rates haven't gone up. Are you sure it's not just because Boston's a big crowded shithole? Go figure. You finally hit your breaking point at the same time you happen to finally pull your head out of your ass long enough to legalize medical marijuana. And you're like, oh my god, look. I see yeah. a correlation. It must be caused. 
Unbelievable. I'm pretty sure you're not the special one. Pretty sure not. <laughs> not at all. Maybe just everyone in Boston's an asshole. Could it possibly be? Just, just, <laughs> except for our listeners. If you live in Boston and you're one of our listeners, I'm not talking about you. Davis attributes the rise in homicides mostly to an expanding drug market that he says has been fed by the decriminalization of marijuana and the release of convicts with drug records who cannot find work in a poor economy and have turned once again to dealing. The decriminalization of marijuana, Davis said, has increased demand for that drug because more people are now less afraid to buy it. Really? No, we weren't afraid. Well, some of us were, but most of us weren't afraid to buy it when it was illegal. You're just saying that because now you're seeing numbers of people registering for your program and all that. Uh, Quote, I'm not ready to say that this homicide spike is driven by marijuana. There are many drugs that are involved. Oh, really? Are there? Are there really other many drugs that are involved? It's not just marijuana now? Because I swear just a minute ago you said it was because of the decriminalization of marijuana. So... Uh, He says it's more about money than the type of drug that's being utilized, and marijuana is a substance that has a high profit margin. And thus should be a beautiful, blossoming industry, right? But instead, you make ridiculous amounts of hoops to jump through. It's what they do. Yeah, that's that's what the government does. That's your job, to make living as annoying and hassle- just to make life hell. That's your job, yeah. and you're doing it well. Thank you. Thanks. They, they're doing it exquisitely. Uh, many readers were skeptical of the link or argued that even if an expanding market for marijuana really was fueling Boston's violence, that only strengthened the case for full legalization, which would bring cultivation and distribution of the drug out of the shadows. Uh, but commenter and Marvy and Mary, excuse me, argued that for now, as long as marijuana trafficking remained illegal, Buyers were complicit in the violence. Uh, When you buy from a guy who shoots, maims, kills to get some weed into your hands, you are responsible to whether or not you can be charged for a crime of possessing an ounce. Do you know anybody in the history of marijuana dealing? Like, really? I don't know of any time I've purchased anything from someone who shot someone else to get it. Right. That's... I mean, some plants were cut down in the process, but I think that was about as violent as it got. Right, but they cloned and made yeah, more. They're fine. Yeah. They're fine. Everybody was happy. It's not like we're clear-cutting like you guys. Shit. They served their purpose. So, we're going to say, is there a link to Boston's spike in violence being linked to the mar- medical marijuana? I'm going to say no. Not at all. So, tell us about this giant Canadian grow-up that got busted. What the, I thought weed was legal in Canada. Well, there, there's certain not? stipulations. Like, you can't have, like... A $1.2 million grow-up? Yeah. Okay, okay. What's, Stuff like that. What would the limit be on... Uh, I'm not sure exactly, and it's kind of hard to understand Canadian, like, law stuff. Well, like, yeah, Winnipeg, that's... Yeah, they, they're all... That's as Canadian as it gets. Yeah. 
So, marijuana plants worth more than one million were seized on Friday in a massive grow-out bust in Winnipeg. Winnipeg police executed a search warrant at a home at about 6.30 p.m. where they discovered a sophisticated marijuana grow operation. I'd say so. That's a lot of money. Uh, like, could yeah. you imagine what kind of grow up you could set up with a million dollars? Holy cow. Have you seen the grow up I set up with 30 bucks? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> Close to 1,100 marijuana plants were seized, which have an estimated value of 1.2 million. Mm. Really? Hmm. Also seized was roughly 40 grams of dry cannabis marijuana. Oh, my God. Worth about Two ounces? $400. And assorted growing equipment mm. worth $25,000. Some lights and ballast. Uh-huh. Mm. Those things are expensive. Yeah, Just they the are. the bulbs. Yeah, right. When we get that amount of drugs off the streets of Winnipeg, it's certainly something Wait. I think that these investigators should be proud of. Winnipeg Police Constable Natalie Itkinson. Are we talking drugs or are we talking they're pot talking, here? They're talking drugs. We're talking pot. So you feel good that you got all of this pot off the street because why? Because they're man-eating plants that are going to destroy the world. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, I, I guess. Right. Wait, we have pot here. And it's just sitting in a jar looking all nice and, and pretty. In a bong and in a pipe. Right. Has mm-hmm. it tri- has, have you gotten bit yet? No. Me neither. Not even close to dying, I don't think. No, me neither. Hmm. <laughs> Do you think Canadian pot is different than uh Well, our we pot? used to have to get Canadian we pot. We did. Did any of that ever bite you? No. Never bit I'm, me. Hmm. No. Huh. I'm still alive, so I wonder where the the mix up might know. be uh, occurring here. Cuz she seems to think Maybe that they that's think it's got salmonella or something. All right. Maybe. I'm not eating it, though, so I don't, well, I don't know how but, that would affect you know, me. If you touch it and get it up of your face. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, let's assume then that this uh, this pot here had salmonella in it. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe that's what made it dangerous. That, I, th- I think that's something these investigators should be proud of. Boy, howdy. Yeah, good, yeah. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. This is the fourth major grow-out bust in southern Manitoba since the new year began. Really? In 15 <laughs> days? Or wait, is the Canadian New Year different than our? Are we all on the same? This, I think. January I think 1st, right? I That's think we're all on the same. Reset. Pretty close, okay. yeah. I think they have a different Thanksgiving. Well, hey, then again, we've blown how many hundreds of millions of dollars so far? Hey, so, you know, you, hey, I guess, sure, may sure. May as well, whatever. Um... The ones that we've had recently have been quite elaborate, she said. They have perfected the manner in which they are doing business, and as a result, they are definitely producing a higher level of product. But don't worry, we're completely destroying all of their everything they've worked so hard to achieve. Yeah. So, okay. you, you rest <laughs> easy knowing that. This is kind of interesting. Oh, please. Din... Luen Guyan, okay, fifty-one, has been charged with the production of a controlled substance. Okay, so like heroin or something, right? Little Asian guy living up in Winnipeg, and they mm-hmm. busted him. Busted his little Asian ass. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, terrible. Should have been in Vancouver. 
Is any better in Vancouver? <laughs> I hear that's like pot capital, I right? I know, right? Huh. So he's been charged with production of a controlled substance, possessing of substance for the purpose of trafficking, and theft of services over $5,000. Hmm. Hmm. What did he steal? Oh. Guyon was wanted on an outstanding warrant from a similar incident in March 2005. Hmm. All attempts to locate him were unsuccessful until this time. Guyon has now been detained in custody. Wow. So appa- I'm thinking they went in to go find him for this other thing, and they were like, oh, look right, at all that right. pot. You look familiar, boy. You're coming with us. The royal- Did they roll in on their Royal mm-hmm. Canadian Mountie mounts? The horses, probably. Oh, well, hey, Canadian government, Winnipeg, thank you for keeping these uh, dangerous drugs off of the streets. Yes, I was scared until you know, now. I mean, that's... I Someone could have gotten her. bit and then turned into pot, and then that that would have been the end of it. That's what happens, right? If you get bit by a pot plant, you turn into a pot plant, right? Is that... Do I understand I, that, um, the laws? I don't think it's werewolf laws with this. Oh, no? How How does the pot law work? How does it hurt you, then? It bites you, and you turn into What? I don't know. I don't know what they think is so dangerous. I'm still going to think maybe they think it's covered in salmonella. (laughs) Salmonella? Well, Well, apparently everything gets salmonella and then it has to be recalled. Why not this? Why not? Why not? So, all right. Well, is there... Did we talk about this? The, um, The Rhode Island? No, not yet. Okay. Well, let's talk about this before we get out of here. Uh, the rules that would govern New Jersey's medical marijuana program are getting mixed reviews, of course. We've, we've talked about this before. They just can't seem to figure out how to get the... the how, they, they can't really figure out how to get any of it to work, honestly. Such a little state, so many big problems. I know. Uh, Princeton Democrat Assemblyman Reed Guscuria worked with the administration on the draft regulations, which were published Thursday. Uh, Guscuria says the rules could broaden the possibilities of who can grow and sell medical marijuana in the state. Oh, gee, thanks. Yay. You're, you might let some of us grow plants? Cool. Uh, quote, I think half a loaf is better than none. Let's get the program start. Hey, now you're just being a dick. <laughs> I think ha- I think we'll just continue to sell it underground, and you'll get none too. So how's that? Uh huh. Suck on those. Uh, let's get the program started, and with time and study, we can always revise the regs further to everyone's satisfaction. Is that how it'll go? <laughs> right. Really? Because I'm pretty Thanks. sure it'll just get pushed to the back, like all the other medical marijuana laws did way back in the 70s. Pretty sure. Yeah, we're gonna table this, and we'll come back to it later. Yeah. Uh, Chris Goldstein says New Jersey Governor Chris Christie's draft rules are half-baked and could have a chilling effect on patients waiting for relief. Goldstein uh, is the spokesman for the Coalition for Medical Marijuana in New Jersey. One proposed rule requires prescribing doctors to have an addictions counseling certification and to sign up for a state registry. Ooh. You want... Why... Are we? What are we selling again? Can we keep this straight? Is this heroin we're selling, or is this pot? 
Because uh, if you're selling heroin, sure, you might want a couple addiction counselors on well, call. But, but if you're selling pot, but you probably don't. They're both schedule one drugs. Right. Oh, I keep forgetting that. We need no. to change the... Yeah. <sighs> yeah. What a pain in the ass. They sure know how to make it, like, super pain in the ass. Another rule, this was ridiculous, uh, sets a cap on the potency of the cannabis provided to patients. That's retarded. Yup. I'm sorry, that is so stupid. Your pot can only be this strong. That Get out of here. Yeah, what are you going to do? Stand over the plant and go... Because there's... Don't get stronger. Don't get, don't get these guys too high. That's... That's... <laughs> Because I'm going to OD on it, right? Oh, no. Oh, no. You only need to regulate dose on things that have an LD50 and that are will potentially harm you. This won't, so what's the problem? All right, schedule. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. It's the federal thing again. It would be detrimental to patients to offer them low-potency medication. We don't give people half a dose of chemotherapy. We don't give people half a dose of ibuprofen. We give people the potency that works. Uh, Linden Democrat Senator Nicholas Guattari says doctors should determine the strength of the medicine for patients. What? How about the patients will determine what they want and need? Uh, he and other medical marijuana supporters say the Christie regulations stray too far from the intent of the law, which was adopted a year ago. Way to be progressive. A Senate Health Committee hearing on the issue is set for January 20th. Hey, ours too. Ours uh, is 21st. Actually, that's been postponed. Really? Yeah, the hearing that they thought that? was going to happen isn't going to happen. Oh, thank you for saying that because you just reminded me. All right, uh, that meeting <gasps> could jumpstart a plan to force the Christie administration to restart the rule writing process. Good luck, uh, Jersey. That's cabbage. So, please, announcements before we wrap this thing up in a bow tie and put it on the Hotbox podcast site. Okay, let me... Okay. The House Human Services Committee hearing that was supposed to be on January 21st will not include a hearing on the bill that would completely repeal Montana's medical marijuana law. Thus, we are postponing our call for supporters until further notice. So why won't it? Off. So wait, what? They're not having. They're not going. Who to Who wanted a bill to repeal the law? First of all, there's a bunch of people that have put a bunch of different bills in, and there's one to repeal it, and they're not meeting about it on the 21st like they thought. Oh. And so that meeting's been postponed. Indefinitely. Well, yeah, for now. Because that's a retarded thing to do. Why would you do that? Because why would you take this industry that is completely flourishing and force it back into an underground illegal thing where you've just just with the just like that you've created criminals and outlaws where before there were normal citizens because they're worried about the children. You know what? Ah, uh, don't say after the children. <laughs> Because every time you say that, Seriously, I worry about how I'm many, so many listeners we might You're lose. not allowed to have kids so that you can use them and be like, well, what about the kids? See, I have kids, but I what know about it's the my parents? responsibility to yes. raise them. I teach yes. them what I think is useful information and hope that they use that. I will guide them along the way. You are being a parent. Interesting. 
I'm not relying on other people to raise my children. And I'm not thinking that because my child might see a pot leaf in neon lights that they're going to go run out and try to find a joint and smoke it. Right. And because I'm worried about that, now you have to move your shop out of town. Right. With all the other second class citizen shops. I'm one of those moms that believes that the war on drugs is... A waste? Stupid. Yes. It has no point. None at all. It's going nowhere. At all. All it's doing is providing a path to where one of my children could possibly get busted at a party or with some friends. You're criminalizing your normal people. Yeah, and then their entire life is altered from there. That doesn't make sense to me. That's counterproductive. It's not right. Completely. I mean, if they're doing something serious, like hardcore... Totally get them in trouble. Please let me know that that's happening. Right. But like pot, that's stupid. Right. Which is where (laughs) the rescheduling needs to happen. Because apparently that's what they hold in stone, that this is truth. Right. Uh, And in the reality that we all uh, participate in, it is not true at all. And it jumps out like, get me the hell out of here. It does not belong where it's at. I like my reality. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, anything else? Does that, does that, that do it all? for the Hot Box episode 51? I'm Matt, and this is Sandy. We do the show every Tuesday, Saturday, hotboxpodcast.com. That's the website. Check it out. Follow us on Twitter. Join the Facebook group. Invite your friends. We appreciate it. Make sure you're subscribed to the feed. Rate us. Review us. Donate some cash. Hotboxpodcast.com. Leave a message. 406-204-4687. Email info at hotboxpodcast.com. And we'll see you guys Tuesday. Peace out. If you like you like this is where where you need to be. If you like weed, this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to the Hot Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hotbox Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hotbox Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Hotbox Podcast. Hotbox Podcast.